Our teaching text today comes from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led me through water that was ankle-deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee-deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to his waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, The water flows down toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish, because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore, from Engedi to En-Eglaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Welcome to the new year, everyone. I hope you have had a beautiful Christmas and new year and opportunity to rest a little, hopefully be with friends and family and want to begin this year just sharing straight from my heart and um, just tell a few stories and how they've impacted my own heart and, and mind uh, over the last couple of weeks and then give us just a little bit of framing for how we can think about this year and then let that be enough for this first Sunday of the year. So I just want to pray quickly. Come Holy Spirit, lead us as we start this year. We commit everything we are as, as your sons and daughters, as a church family uh, to you, God. Will you have your way in us in Christ's name? Amen. I want to begin with a story that if you've been around TGC for a while, you've probably heard some part of this before. But in the fall of 2017, I was in a very challenging season of life, season of, of ministry. It was maybe one of the more difficult um, you know, stretches of my life as a pastor that I had ever had. TGC uh, in the beginning of that year had begun the process of going from operating as one organization to 11 freestanding churches. And so that had added a lot to my plate as far as our re- you know regular responsibilities with our church in Park Slope, and then um, also a lot to do with, with that process and the whole. And 
in a time where it felt like we were in a transition between having this broad network of support and, and then being established on our own as a new, as a community that was freestanding, there was some really serious challenges, like almost like you could sort of see the strategy of, of the enemy in an attack in that time. We had one of the most difficult challenges of member conflicts we've ever had as a church that sort of cropped up in those um, months after that process had begun. So we got to, by the time we got to the fall of 2017, I was tired. I was frustrated. Um, and one week we were just having church. It, it seemed like it was going to be a regular enough Sunday. And we were in pre-service prayer. And our pre-service prayer team, um, you know, they, they had been praying before this sort of pre-meeting that we have where we go over the service and, and pray a bit together. And they, they came in hot from this, from this pre-service prayer time. It was obvious they had been in the presence of God. They came in sort of worshiping and singing. And, you know, our normal, like, let's just go through the logistics of the service. It sort of got swept up in the enthusiasm they felt for the presence of God. And so we sort of just paused. And we all began praying and pressing in together and worshiping. And it was one of the first times in my life that I had a very clear like picture or vision come into my mind as I was, as I was praying. I sort of stood there almost like pinned against the wall, like, um, you know, taking this in in my, in my mind and heart. And, and I took the risk to share with a few of us who were standing there what the picture was. And it was basically of me standing there and, um, a, you know, waterfall coming off from a height above us and hitting the ground and, and splashing on the stones. And we were standing there and the water was splashing us after it hit, hit the stones. And I felt like God was whispering in my heart, the sense, you know, all of this is like, you're sort of feeling it out and, and going along with, with faith, but like, God, what are you speaking through this? My sense was God was saying to my heart, you've known me uh, in this way, like the water has splashed you and I'm inviting you to step under the stream. And it felt really personal, really specific, but also that it had implication for that moment and for our church. And so uh, as I shared it with the team who was standing there, it was a, a beautiful moment. I went in, I ended up incorporating into the sermon just for that day. I thought, okay, there we go, a little gift for, for today for a difficult season. So kind of went on from there. There had been some resonance. It was a beautiful moment, but went on. A couple of weeks later, I ended up going to London. And um, I've, I've shared many stories from, from this trip over the years. But what we originally went for was to make some connections and to do some networking and possibly um, help fortify our, our relationships as a church um, with, with other churches that are like-minded and like-hearted with us as we were entering this new season of sort of standing on our own in our city. And going in thinking the trip was a networking trip and then what actually God did in my heart on this trip was uh, pretty remarkably different from expectation to actually what happened. I knew it was going to be a special time. Like the very first church service we went to was with um, a, a church we, we love and have a, a long history of, of um, yeah, just admiring them and learning from them. HDB, who does Alpha, we were at one of their services. And the guy was preaching on one of Jesus's miracles. And at the end of the service, it almost felt like he just totally went from what the sermon had been about. And as he went to give invitation for people to respond, he just got really specific. And almost it felt like it was like off of, you know, like from what the sermon had been about. But it was just crashing in on my heart. It was like he had spoken two specific words. One, that a mentor of mine had specifically been praying for me and over me, and another that my dad had spoken to me before he passed away years ago. And he mentions both of these words back to back and invites people to, if they're feeling a prompting from the Spirit, uh, to stand and receive prayer. So, you know, probably 30 people in a room of 400 stand up across across the room 
And um, I'm standing there and he points me out and he says, you, sir, in the blazer, standing by the post. And he names these two specific words for me and um, basically speaks over me. And I'm so overwhelmed with how specific I'm sensing God speak and, and God's love and care. I begin to cry and another friend comes and pray, prays for me. Just a beautiful time. One of those times where it's like God had this specific gift that was going to be spoken to my heart and absolutely make me feel known and loved and cared for. Right after that service, we Uber across town. We meet up with some other pastors from another church, King's Cross. Um, we have an unbelievable, I can't even go into all the specifics, but it just let me know that this was going to be a special trip. And, and that what happened in the service and then going across town and being meeting and being prayed for by this, the, these pastor friends. Um, and somewhere along the line, a friend started recording what they were praying for us because it was like they had read our journals. It was so specific. And many of you have heard me mention this before, but um, throughout the week, it was just a bunch of really specific care from God. It was like going through therapy and, and revival and awakening and just healing a lot of it in a concentrated amount of time. So one of the last days we were planning to be there, we were out in the countryside with a different group of believers, a different from a different church, praying and 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 you know practicing waiting on the Spirit and, and experiencing the presence of God and praying for one another. And I'm standing there, and it's just been an incredible week. And I know the time is wrapping up. I'm standing there praying and I'm really sensing nearness to God. My eyes are closed, and I just begin to picture this waterfall from two weeks ago before I went on the trip that, and I just begin to say like, oh God, maybe that picture was about this trip and all these different experiences I've had over the, over the last six or seven days. And, and was this waterfall what you were trying to tell me was on the way? And I'm standing there just sort of taking it in and, and beautifully enjoying the gift of God and realizing you know, maybe he'd even been preparing me for what was to come. And all of a sudden, this guy who doesn't know me, who I've never spoken to, I've never mentioned any of these things to, comes up behind me, puts his hand on my shoulder, unprompted, leans in and says, son, don't forget to drink the water. And I just sort of like open my eyes and look back and like and start laughing because it felt like God had told a multiple week joke and given this guy the punchline. And so I just felt so loved, so free, so joyful, so uh, overwhelmed with the presence of God in a way that I never had in my entire life of, of, know, of knowing Christ. It was like a new breakthrough. In my life. I fell down on the ground and I started laughing in the presence of God. And I go on hysterically laughing for like five minutes and just like utter joy, like laughing in the spirit is the only way I know how to describe it. It was a such a freeing time being ministered to by God in that way. And so much so, everyone else from the conference left and just left me there laying on the floor. I kind of look up and like, I guess everyone's gone to lunch. Um, but it was such a, a beautiful, powerful time. I, I know it was a time of healing in my life. I know it was a time of reaffirming calling. I know it was a time of specific loving care from the Father and just God saying, I see you, I know you, I can communicate to you, I, my arm is not too short to save, my, my voice is not too weak to, to communicate, and oh, it was just such, it was like, you know, standing in the stream of that, of that waterfall in a, in a real way. And a bunch of new things came in my, my own personal life, my prayer life, uh, as a son, as a son um, of, of, of God in the gospel from that, from that time. 
I thought, this is an amazing end to a difficult season. I had no idea, actually, that maybe God was packing my bags for a much more difficult season that was to come. That's for another story. But it, it just, to me, is one of those times where God spoke to me in a time where I needed it so much, and I have held on to that. And um, I, want, I want to pause because... Uh, or, or move to a, a second uh, sort, sort of story I want to re- recount to you today because I, I want that to be in the background here. But unrelated to that story of the of the water, even though this story has water in it as well, um, before before Christmas, uh, what it's I guess, I guess now last year before Christmas we were going to have a budget meeting with our elders, and I was there and I was praying about uh, God. What do you? Um, you know, we were praying about specific decisions related to our budget and where we are as a church and rebuilding from, you know, the, the pandemic and wanted to begin our time of making these specific budgetary decisions in a place of faith, in a place of, of expectancy from God. And so I was praying, God, will you give me a word that I can share with the elders that we can pray into? And God brought into my mind um, Ezekiel 47. It had just gone through the bizarre sort of street theater prophecy of Ezekiel in my end of my Bible in a year reading. And uh, it came to, my, came to mind. So Ezekiel, if you haven't read, read the book, is this sort of like um, street theater prophet, God um, wouldn't just give him words to share, would, but often give him a picture to work with along with those words. So you, you would, he would often act out the word that God was, was giving him for his nation and for his, his neighbors. And so he has this vision of a water source coming from the temple and pouring out from the altar and, and flowing east and beginning as a trickle and that trickle becoming a stream and that stream becoming ankle deep and then that stream becoming you know waist deep and the stream becoming big enough to swim in and then impossible to cross and then everywhere that this stream goes. And so what we, we read as our teaching text for today, Ezekiel 47, this picture of this this growing river, um, the the pain and the agony from the fall of humanity in in the Genesis story, it flows out eastward from the garden, and here we have this picture in Ezekiel of healing and repair and life flowing out eastward from the presence of God from from the temple. There there uh, this vision that Ezekiel has has layers and layers of meaning, um, but I, I was just wanted to pray with our elders as we're going to do something as like, you know, granular as make budgetary decisions. God, would you allow it to be so that from our church, from your presence in the midst of your people, healing and life and repair is flowing out um, that goes right along the lines of the brokenness of our world and where the fall has touched. May your life and healing and living water also reach as well. So, We're praying together. There's this river that begins as a trickle, becomes a stream, ankle deep, knee deep, enough you can swim in. And a phrase just got me as we were reading it together with the elders. So where the river flows, everything will live. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everywhere the river flowed, there was life and healing. And there's Inside of the scriptures, there's many overlapping pictures that relate to this 12 verses of this vision in Ezekiel 47. Um, one of them is by this river are these trees planted by streams of water, which is exactly uh, the picture from the beginning of, of Israel's prayer book from Psalm 1 is a picture of a life um, that meditates and delights on God's word day in and day out. They become like a tree planted by streams of water that's 
leaf doesn't wither, that bears its fruit, that's deeply rooted, that's nourished in season and out of season. So the picture of a life that is flourishing, that is uh, whole and holy and connected to God and connected to its natural world and its its neighbors is this Psalm 1 picture of a living tree right by this, this water of life. Another picture that, that relates to this is it gets specific that where this river flows, it's going to flow into these salty places and new life, specifically like a, a, a new type of life is going to flow and there's going to be a wild variety of species that grows in the place that this river touches. So there's a, there's a biodiversity that's represented by where this river flows. And, and if you remember when Jesus first comes and calls his disciples, this miracle that actually gets repeated multiple times in the gospel, he, he does it when he's calling them and then he does it again after the resurrection um, when he comes back to show them the kingdom is coming in this way they couldn't have imagined. He tells them to throw down their nets on the other side and they say, we've worked all night. These are trained fishermen. And yet because you ask, we'll do it. And they put down their nets on the other side and they pull in more than they could possibly fathom this variety of fish. And specifically um, in one of the gospel accounts, it mentions the number of fish and scholars speculate that this has to do with the diversity of the of the sort of biological landscape and 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 the the, the life that was teeming in those waters as sort of a, I'm going to make you fishers of men, fishers of all types of people. So this picture of the kingdom that's coming. Then later in, in Jesus's ministry, there's this um, moment in the Feast of Tabernacles that's like the, the ceremony of water, where the priests are pouring out water and thanking God for his provision uh, for bringing water from the rock as the people were in the wilderness traveling from slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And at this crucial moment, right when the symbolism couldn't be missed, on the last, this is John 7, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. There's a ton in there. But basically, the ministry of Jesus and the coming of his kingdom is making his people into this place that is drinking deeply and flowing in freedom with the life of the Spirit that is pictured as this, this water, this river of of life flowing from us. And right from that very place where Ezekiel had the picture of water flowing from the temple eastward out along the lines of where the fall had had taken place and bringing healing to all those places. So um, a beautiful thing, right, to be praying into as uh, elders before we're budgeting. I'm like, this was a nice devotional. Thank you, God, for, for calling all these pictures to mind. I hadn't yet begun to connect uh, some of the dots, but I'll give you one last sort of overlapping picture, and this is Revelation 22. This is on the last pages of the Bible. Um, It's sort of a recounting of Ezekiel's vision. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. This picture 
from the beginning of the story to the end of the story is this repair, healing, this water of life flowing every, as far as the curse is found, as we sing every Christmas. His, his healing is flowing. So after this meeting, Basically, the Ezekiel 47 uh, and the prayer time was like the first 10 minutes of the meeting. Then we got into making budget, budget decisions and ha- had, a, had a, uh, a good evening. And afterwards, Jackie um, was, was uh, reminded of something that Molly McHugh, uh, who, who often helps uh, lead, lead worship for us and leads us in song um, and has you know, in, inspired uh, many of us with, with, with her faith and her uh, way, way of seeking God, had shared a word that she received five years before she um, um, moved to, uh, no, five years ago, not five years before she moved to New York. I, uh, I, I read that wrong. But before she moved to New York, some friends were praying for her as she was coming. Uh, didn't know that she was necessarily going to be a part of this community, but um, knew that she was coming to New York. And she shared what they shared with her at a members meeting. And me bringing up Ezekiel 47 had reminded Jackie of this moment. So she sent me this word right after, and it was sort of the third picture that I wanted to share with you. I'm basically going to read exactly what Molly sent as a recap of what she shared with our members about what was prayed for her. So um, here we go. So this is Molly's words. Five years ago, as I left for the East Coast, a friend wrote a word and a blessing and said I should study this word in particular because this is where I am going. The word was riparian. Uh, This came back to me this summer as I prayed over the church and over the city. As I dug into the word a little more, here's what I found. Uh, Riparian is an ecological term that refers to watersheds or freshwater wetlands. Well, we've probably all seen an aerial aerial photo of plains or vast farmlands that have a ribbon of green cutting across across them. These are riparian zones. Uh, The statistics about these environmental uh, zones are incredible. They are rare. Only one percent of land anywhere is riparian. They do outsized work. Uh, Riparian zones serve 90% of all other biomes. Uh, As an example, they take pollutants out of the water. They add nutrients to the soils. Um, They support um, a complex biodiversity. Um, They enable animal migration. So, uh, but beyond the utility and diversity, they are also beautiful. Who among us hasn't walked along a river simply for its beauty? I I, uh, share to offer encouragement in two ways. And again, these are Molly's words. God offered me this word about this community before I was even here. There are people out there right now that God is talking to about this community. They're just not here yet. Second, this is a fully formed identity. The community is doing introspection right now, and that's good. But this is also how God already sees us and talks about you. No need to fix up or live up to it. In closing, here's one more thing I learned. The vegetation and trees in a riparian environment are not special unto themselves. It's not as if they are one particular species. They are indigenous to their local environments. What makes them special is their proximity to water. The water table is high and they adjust to the proximity of the water. Everything they touch benefits. Beloved, it is your proximity to the spirit that makes you great. As you adjust to that proximity and readjust as a community, Remember that the Spirit never leaves you. The water table is high. Everything you touch benefits. This is where I want to begin our year as a church. Knowing that God is speaking 
an identity over us, that God is flowing life to us, that God has been speaking for years in really particular ways, but I believe a time is coming where we are going to realize uh, the evidence, the, the fruit, the results of these prophetic pictures in ways that we haven't yet. I believe there is more to come in the life of our church, and I believe it is directly connected to these pictures. I think God um, is indeed speaking specifically to Trinity Grace Church through these pictures. I think we are indeed meant to be and are a riparian zone, and we can continue to pray into that and believe into that and grow into that. I think we are meant to to be those who have the stream, um, um, but also who have a river of life flowing out of us. We, we, uh, we, we are, I believe, that the best days of Trinity Grace Church are still ahead of us, <laughs> that we're not looking back on a past we want to recapture, but we are flowing forward into a future that God has for us that no one can take away. I think, I love what Molly said about God caring enough about this community to speak to us and to speak about us from other sources to encourage us. This isn't just something you're making up in your mind, church. This is something I have for you. I think God is saying that. And I don't think that it hinges on any one of us alone, that this is about a few personalities within our body, but this is about something God is accomplishing, not we are accomplishing, but that we get to participate in fully as a community together. So I want to say very clearly, I believe these are words of grace, not words about our primary accomplishment, but I do think there is an invitation in that grace to every one of our hearts. So I want to begin this year with a question, what if this was a year that you went all the way after the life that God is offering you. If you said, yes, amen, with all that I am, I want to drink from the stream. I want to step, I don't want to just be splashed secondhand. I want to step under the stream. I want, I want flowing from my life, flowing from the life of this community. I want to be the healing waters of life, not from a place of pride and look all what we have to offer, but saying we are utterly dependent to be nourished by this water of life ourselves, and then for it to flow out from us. And this is the spirit. What if this was the year that you paid as much attention to the life and voice of the Holy Spirit as you ever have? What would this year look like? What is possible? Maybe things that you haven't even begun to imagine would be birthed in your life, would grow up in the community, would grow up in the immediate environment around you. What type of, of, of diversity, with spiritual biodiversity might grow in our, in our neighborhoods, on our streets, in these, in these places where the river of living water is flowing through your life by the Spirit? And then I want to get really specific as we are going to wrap up here in just a few minutes. What if you thought about your daily habits in that regard? This is a time where many of us make resolutions. We make plans for our days, plans for our weeks, our months, our year. Here are my goals. Here are my dreams. Some of you are staunchly against it. I don't make resolutions at all. Some of you have them so detailed, it fills up half a notebook. Wherever you are on the spectrum, what if you thought about this year, about your daily habits as a prayer in line with these pictures? 
in line with the invitation to drink deeply and to flow in freedom in the Holy Spirit in 2022, to know that God wants you to step under the waterfall, to know that God has called you into a church that is a riparian zone, that is, is meant to do outsized work in bringing the kingdom of God to, to New York City on earth as it is in heaven. I think this is uh, uniquely a part of our calling as a church to drink deeply and to flow in freedom. Um, and that's beautiful that for that to be our calling as a church. I want to press into that. I want to pray. I hope God continues to affirm and give new visions and new pictures and, and strengthen us in mo- moving into this and, and letting it be something that truly is a work of grace, not just our accomplishment or willpower. But I want to ask you about the inflow and the outflow of your own life. And to think about that as we begin this year. It's a uh, often cliched example to uh, reference uh, this you know, body of water in, in, in the Middle East, the Dead Sea, um, that can't, no life can, can exist in this body of water because there's no outflow. And so water flows in and then the sun bakes down on the water, so the water evaporates at such a way, rate that the body of water becomes so salty that you can float in it, but that there's no life. And this is in, absolutely different from the Sea of Galilee, where, where uh, where you know the, the disciples begin their their ministry fishing, it has an inflow and an outflow. What what promotes life in your daily habits? It's incredible for us to be inspired, um, but so often we do not uh, rise to the level of our inspiration. We sink to the level of our systems, our habits. We. We become, uh, no matter how inspired we are at a particular moment of the year, we become what we do on a regular basis. So I wanted to invite you as we begin this year to think about the inflow. What is flowing into your life on a daily basis? And then the outflow. What is flowing out of your life on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? Maybe this will be the first year that you say, I'm going to really practice Sabbath this year like I I never have before. I'm truly going to give 24 hours every week to rest, to not be about what I produce, to to drinking deeply from from the water of the Spirit, to being with with my church family. But even more than that, from saying, I'm going to set up markers and say, this is the year that I'm I'm not going to uh, work every single minute that I that I can. Maybe it's like I'm going to, uh, every, every morning of 2022, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking and listening to God. I'm going to pour out my heart in prayer, and then I'm going to sit there with my feet planted on the ground and my hands open, and I'm going to breathe slowly in through my nose, slowly out through my mouth, and I'm just going to ask, Spirit, will you speak to me? I'm going to pay attention to my breath, that I exist, that I'm here, that I'm alive, that I didn't choose this life, but I'm in the middle of it. And it's, a, it's a, going to be challenging and difficult, but it is also going to be beautiful and inspiring and something I could have never imagined. And there are opportunities in this world that no one else can occupy, no one else can fulfill, no one else can do, no one else can live in or see the way you do. You uniquely represent an opportunity for God's life to be shown in our world both in how you inflow, experience it, and outflow, represent that life in the world. I was specifically thinking in my own heart about this inflow and outflow, and I was going to give you two categories to think about it. One is your daily habits. On a daily habit level, um, 
what, what does this look like? What does it look like for you to be nourished by the Holy Spirit, to hear the voice of God? And then what does it look like to take steps of, of obedience on, on, a day, on a daily level? So what's that look like for learning for you? What's that look like for prayer? What's that look like for rest? What's that look like for generosity and for service? How, how much do I want to engage with my church family? How much do I want to be involved with my neighbors, my, my coworkers? Literally beginning to think and pray through what's your dream for this? year? What's your plan for this year? And what if you took both of those and you made them actual realized prayers for this year? You prayed into your vision for this year, God. How are you calling me on a daily basis to to inflow and to outflow, to connect, to drink deeply, and to flow in freedom? Uh, There's a, a bunch of uh, stellar work that's been done over the last decade on the power of, of habit. And, and there's a book by that title that uh, we reference in Intro to Trinity Grace when talking about how we think about formation. But Charles Duhigg in that book says, most of the choices we make each day may feel like products of well-considered decisions. They're not. They're habits. Habits, uh, research shows, emerge because the brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort. Left to its own devices, the brain will make almost any routine into a habit because a habit allows our minds to ramp down more often. Basically, like God has designed us to incorporate the things that are most important, most essential into habits in our life. So I really want to take the beauty and the vision and the inspiration that comes to my heart from this picture of drinking deeply from the waterfall and, and, and that, that this healing is flowing out like, like rivers of water and, 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 and bringing diversity and, and life in the kingdom through our church. How inspiring is that? To, you individually can step under the waterfall, that we as a church can be a part of this, this flow of, of, but no matter how inspired I get, the question's gonna come back to what are my actual habits? What do my days look like? What's the inflow? What's the outflow? We have three words that we talk about all the time at Trinity Grace that I think you could, you could potentially hang um, some habits as prayers uh, for this year in your life. Presence, formation, and love. How on a daily basis can you seek the presence of God? I'm not asking rhetorically. I really want you to think about it. I, I, I challenge you to take the rest of this day and, and, and do some meditating. What are the ways that you most connect with a sense of God's nearness? What are the ways you regularly express worship and thankfulness to God? How do you listen for God to speak to you? Is it through the scriptures, through you know, listening for the Spirit and worship, uh, be, being around other, other Jesus followers? How do you sense God speaking to you? What What are the habits of presence in your life in 2022 going to look like? How about formation? How are you becoming like Jesus? What appears to be the priorities of my life based on observation of action, not just intention of mind? Like what actually shows up in my schedule? Who, Who might help me in my life know the ways I could grow? Who could I trust to be honest enough to say, hey, I think this is something you could look at this year. It has to have to be everything, but what are the one or two things maybe God is inviting you to grow in this year? What are the daily, weekly, monthly practices that you're gonna engage in? Maybe you know for your health, spiritually and mentally, you need to get out of the city once a month and just go on a walk, or you need to begin each morning you know, stretching and breathing and sitting in the... Pr- in the presence of God, whatever those things are, daily, weekly, monthly, what are the practices? Inflow, outflow, presence, formation, and love. 
How in 2022 can I be intentional about putting others above myself? What, what are the things God has convicted me to care about that I know I need to get involved? It's part of the story God's telling through my life that I care about this thing, that I'm passionate about, that I say enough is enough here, that I want to give my generosity to. What are the actions of doing justice, showing mercy, being generous that I can take? I love the beauty of the promise of God's word that his mercy is new every day. And something about a new year is a reminder of that. Hey, we're beginning again. Anything is possible. I really, truly, I'm not saying this as pastor speak. I believe the best uh, years of our church are ahead of us. I believe we're we are gonna grow into some of these incredible pictures God has spoken over our church. And I want you to participate. We need each other in this process. How will you shape your days to drink deeply and to flow in freedom in this year? That's what I want to leave you with. That's when I want to ask the Holy Spirit to speak um, to you today through, uh, through uh, all of us together waiting on the Lord, asking God, would you help answer this in our hearts as we begin this year? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, will you call us under the waterfall this morning? Will you drench us in your love? Will you pour out your refreshment? I pray, God, that some may be able just to laugh in joy today, may be able to feel um, wounds and weight wash away in new freedom. God, I pray that rivers of living water would gush in our lives, would, would be like a fountain flowing, would be a stream, would be a river within us. God, these are promises you have made that we don't accomplish on our own or even by our great plans or even by our habits. It's entirely by grace. But I also pray along with that, God, we could respond in faith and say yes to you and practice saying yes to you on a daily basis and fully join in what it means to be a riparian zone in Brooklyn in 2022. That type of life flowing through us, bringing healing, bringing new growth, bringing new possibility, promoting diversity, doing justice, loving mercy, walking in generosity, creative love in the name of Jesus. Help your church, I pray. Help us to um, pull these things down into our moment-by-moment, step-by-step, daily choices, decisions, and habits. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.